Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. I, I, a grain of rice. I, I, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning lads, how we doing? We're just before we started recording there, we're just laughing. TJ said he'd do the normal intro, which Rafe uh normally puts in at the start. Uh, so we're starting, but TJ was doing the great party O'Shea. You, you you have to work on your ventry accent, TJ. I will, I will. <laughs> Grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Morning, lads, how are you all? 20th of June, things moving on. Three days left in the hurling championship. Incredible on the 20th of June. Still don't agree with it. Not going there today, though. Um, no, no, no. Move on, Dale. Elsa, move on, move on. Let it go. Alec Hark, is it? Move on. It's Asher, come here. I just loved your piece in the paper there where you said um, they, they didn't show the resilience that the top teams in the country like Limerick and Clare. But, God, you're getting bullish already, kid. You're getting bullish. No, nah, nah, Limerick, Limerick, like, you know, you have to say Limerick. But Cork or Clare did show a bit of resilience down the straight yesterday, you know, so I just added in clear just for that 10 minutes, you know. They walked from their slumber late on just in time and in fairness, they got over they got over the line in brilliant fashion and and, and in, in a fashion that you'll be looking forward to playing an all in semi-final against the Cats, but anyway, it was all about Father's Day yesterday. I well, wasn't about the recovery from Saturday. Father's did Day. Breakfast in bed. Did you get the breakfast in bed? Did you? No. I'm after ashes and sausages after Lanzarote. I'm I'm straight on to the scrambled eggs and toast, a little bit of orange juice and a nice cup of tea. I yeah, uh, I've two weeks training to do before the semi-final now as well because uh, there's a, there's been a bit of lax there in the last two weeks. You wouldn't feel it. The couple of the kilo or two <laughs> slipping on. But geez, when when you see Joe Henning and how fit he looked on uh, on the on the television after I watched back the match, he was in great shape and fairness to him. So yes, that's what you. Now you have a couple of years on him, Della. I have a nice couple of years on him. Let's face it. Let's face it. Like, but um, you she looked after you well for Father's Day. She did. Yeah, I did. know, in fairness, the three young boys were in as well. We had a great old day, and we had the US Open as well last night, and we had the Sunday game. We had a, a real day on the couch yesterday. I'd have to say, I watched back a couple of the matches from Saturday. So I'm flared from Holland, and I'm flared from sitting on the couch. To be honest about it. Had your glass of wine last night. I just had a couple of beers, so I was being served well now, to be fair. Would you like some ice and that? Eric, go on, so if you, if you insist. No wine, no, 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 and a couple of I beers. Thought spelling, I thought your spelling on the WhatsApp page was going to be scowways later on. Like. <laughs> it's going to be funny, aren't I? Mean, I, I said a couple, like, you know, so you know yourself, like, I, when you're going to the pub on a Saturday night, I'll just go down for a couple and I'll be home and you might get home till whatever time. How many did you have? A couple. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Four, I used to say, that when we got married first, I used to say, that when I'd come in, where are we at? And I'd say, I was in the village. And, and she'd say, we knew house in Innes, like, you know, in the village. <laughs> Monday night was normally, I was kind of finished hurling, I suppose. No, well, I wasn't really finished hurling, but it was winter, I suppose. But uh, she used to say, I'd just get into the bed and she'd say, where are we at? And I'd say, the village. And she'd say, how many had you? Four. I said, but after about six weeks, she said, it's always four. <laughs> 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 there could be more than one pub in the village. 
One good one, maybe to yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want a text message, Jello, about uh, just having one more be home in 20 minutes? And then if I'm not home in 20 minutes, read this message again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works in Gary Spillane. Ken, how, how does it work in Laura? Oh, geez, Riverstown is my area, and it'll oh, be yeah. great back around Riverstown in the next couple of weeks as well, lads, with an awfully huge really, uh, uh, All Ireland minor final. And my two neighbours down the road, uh, we heard in each other's gardens, Liam Horn, the goals, and Caelan Larkin just down the road, a puff of the ball. So uh, it's going to be great, great crack around uh, Riverstown, Lura area uh, for the next couple of weeks with the All Ireland minor final. So we have something to look forward to, Mark. <laughs> two, 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 two very like good it. semi-finals, Ken. Um, didn't see all of uh, Tip and Galway. Now I was in the Wolf Tones clubhouse for two, not four. Uh, after they annihilated us in the Clare Cup, um, with the likes of Aaron Shanahan and Rory Hayes, etc., playing, which took us by surprise. But uh, they had to win to try and stay up. So um, there was always when we saw their lineup, we knew we were in trouble. But it was on, but they had uh, the tailgate cup, as I call it, uh, on the main screen in front of where we were sitting. So we, we could see it, but uh, and I, uh, I must have a good look at it, actually. But it seemed a right match between Tip and Galway. And obviously then Friday night, Ken, I, I, saw, I watched all of uh, Clare and an awfully gripping kind of a game. Different sort of game, you know, more tense, um, but awfully getting the crucial goals uh, with the lad. Is it screeny? Can, is the name? Yes, yes. Adam Screeny, his brother Jack oh. there is playing is playing with the senior team, but Offley have a right huge forward. Yeah, there's a huge wave of support for this Offley minor hurling team. Big crowd in Turles. You saw the arena stand was packed. Um and in actual fact, probably took like a 16th man in a minor lads under 17 game. Um, probably a 16th man for them, and that's what Michael Dignan was looking for from them. But um Clare were a formidable team for tipping in that Munster final. Great game after extra time. You know, went to penalties, such hard luck uh, for, for a team that would lose in that situation. But um, tip yesterday, wow, what a game. 324 to 320. That was 50 scores, lads. 50 scores. Oh, that yeah. was certainly in both teams' parts, I suppose, in different aspects of, of, of the play. But, but what a game. Sharp shooting at its best. Brilliance uh, of the scores. But uh, the key thing for Tip is obviously a point down in injury time to come back, get the equaliser, and to win by four. Shows a bit of resilience as well, that word that we were mentioning earlier on. So it's all set up. And, of course, the big interest this today for us lads is where is that game going to be played? Yeah, what's the, what's what's your take on that, Ken? What what would be likely? Would it be Port Leash or something like that? Well, I heard Dyke Obviously, Michael Dyke mentioned going to go back, did he? Or the Crow Park, but like it's it, that that means it's go, going to be before a semi final on Saturday or whatever. I, I don't know from that point of view, lads. Yeah, if you have kids, women, men, and children wanting to follow their county, wanting to follow the youngsters, I think it's it definitely deserves a standalone fixture in, in Port Leash or Limerick or somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know uh, this is the screen uh, a view that 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 all the finals should be played in Crow Park, and we we've maybe railed against that a bit before, you know, that the. All Ireland should be minor, should be before the senior because now we were going back to under seventeen, and there's a lot of pressure on young lads. And but I think yeah. there's been so much for me, can for Clare. Like we didn't think maybe we did a great team going into it. Brian O'Connell did a great job, obviously. Um, to get eight matches at under seventeen level is some development, lads. And you know I wasn't at Brilliant. any of them now to my shame. 
but I saw every one of them because you could either stream them or YouTube, TG Gatter, or, you know, they, yeah. they, 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 it was brilliant uh, all year to be able to, and I, you kind of got to know the team as well. And I, I mentioned Young Screeny there from what a battle he had with Young Gunning from Clare cornerback, yeah. brilliant cornerback all year. He's the guy that really took my eye, you know, Clare, a couple of great players. Um, but it, it, it is massive development. You get eight games, like I, lads, my last year minor, Flannan's won the Ireland Colleges in Burr against Cairns. Uh, nine clear players on the team. Uh, before the match, St. Patrick's comprehensive and Shannon won the B All Ireland. Uh, they beat maybe Rasquay or somebody. I, I can't quite remember who they beat, but all available for Clare. Seven or eight very good players from East Clare. We did a flaking minor team and came up against a Cork minor team. Paddy O'Brien, John Corker, and Mark, etc. John Dillon. Got, yeah, got beaten. John Dillon is right. Got beaten two points down in Kim Mallock in a rip-roaring game and out, end of minor career. So in some ways, yeah, it's sure. great that they get these you, amount of games. You, you were a little bit phased as well when Cop rolled up in the limousines, am I right in saying that? The black taxis. To <laughs> some crack, like, I mean, I, I remember mm. my last year minor and you getting collected outside the Tatch in Killer, a big stretch limo, like, and you know what I mean? You felt like a lord for a day, like, do you know what I mean? But like... <laughs> It definitely hadn't affected the opposition when they saw four or five big black marks rolling up, like you know, and the team hop. You know, the team felt like they were about three stone heavier and about four inches taller. Every every player when they got out of the stretch limo, but um, that's the way yeah, Cork we, used to travel that time. And we have to get now to Stephen Marsh's minibus from Bradford. <laughs> Got a good team. I know, I know, I know. And the smell of farting and everything else going on. <laughs> but, uh, Mark, um, just on that, as the great Dr. Phil would say, so how's that working for you now, stretch limos? Uh, the stretch limos have been packed now, and sure, as you know, no, sure, everything is precision timing now, like down to when you arrive for the pre-match meal is precision timing. I, I don't know, would we... I don't know what the likes of Shawnee Fowl survive in today's um, cauldron of timekeeping because we won the All Ireland in '99. He missed the bus home and the train home, so <laughs> he, he followed on the following day. Like, so, um, I, I just, like fingers. It, actually, you'd, see him, you'd see fingers in the dressing room after the All Ireland, and you might see him again Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was close to getting and, out of the match. Maybe one of them was just as well he'd get it because it'd have to be calling up someone from the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it just look. It actually, it's the professionalism around the whole thing has gone to an, an all-time high. Like, and it's um, I don't know what it even suit us. I suppose we probably fall into the regime and stuff like that. Like, but I don't know. I suppose sometimes a lot of fellas like to do the hauling on the field, and uh, you know, a lot of analysis and a lot of um, decision making is made from people's carry on outside of training and stuff like that, and how they. You know, go out to team meetings and whether they contribute to a team meeting and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. It, it look just foreign against their amateur players as far as I'm concerned. And once they can perform on the field to play, that's what I went from performing. That's that's my quote. We saw the lads. We saw on Saturday yeah, the free take and the goalkeep and everything. It still comes back to human error in in a lot yeah. of respect and and the human situation of. Maybe not being able to put the ball between the posts or keep the ball out, out, out of the net. And from that perspective, that had a huge bearing on the whole uh, outcomes yeah. of, of, of Saturday's game. So it just goes to show you, at the end of the day, all the preparation, all the science, we're all still humans. And 
Correct. We saw that in, you know hugely on Saturday. Even outside of yeah. the science, the psychology couldn't even get into the heads. It's good as you know. No, oh, no. Definitely, I think, like, I think if it's a perfect clear, Dello, I would say, I think the psychology, I know you've kind of, kind I know, of pushed past. We'll come to the while. I, I, you, you, you have to really admire their, maybe their headspace later on to kind of dig that out, and that's a normally good sign of a team. But what I was going to say is, there was actually 56 wides, Ken, across both games, which was a huge amount of wides at this level, at this stage of the competition, given that we had said the best six teams were left. And of that 56, there was actually 19 of them from place balls, either threes or 65s, and a, and a further four, from, and a further four yes. from sidelines. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the wides from freeze were like Cork had four, Galway had four, Wexford had three, and Clare had eight from place balls. So it's, it's, it's a big percentage of place balls because normally in the game we had been saying these sharp shooters were in the 90s percentage of, of, of the strike. So yeah, it, was, it was just one of those days. Maybe the wind was a little bit of a factor, certainly into the goals. Tone in, Tone in there, Ken. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems to be slagging yeah. them a bit, doesn't it? But even Mark Coleman then, um, he decided not to shoot for a few as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, normally he'd maybe have a cutoff and he started doubting the situation and, 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 and maybe went low or dropped them in or something like that. So it was a, it was a, it was a huge uh, crisis of confidence uh, uh, with the free taking uh, for all yeah. teams. And you'd be, it's a huge, and you'd be uh, half wondering. Yeah, would you would you be half wondering that the fact that it was a knockout championship match, the first knockout that all the players had played all year long, that there was a bit more tenseness involved in it? Like, but both both first halves and both games were poor. The standard of the clear Wexford game was a way higher in the second half. I would say even even in comparison to the Cork game, I thought the Cork game improved marginally in the second half, but nothing in comparison to what Wexford and Clare was. The, the last twenty minutes of that game was. Was electric stuff, but I, I I think certainly the knockout factor had uh, contributed to the nervousness of the players. But but Mark on that, like you couldn't really say sure Wexford had to go into Nolan Park and win to come out of Leinster, and Cork had to go into Watch yeah. Park and win to come out of Munster. So yeah, to say yeah. knockout. Would, would, can I throw it out there, lads? And you know, I was one of the, one about preparation there a while ago, and I was one of the ones that used to be fierce, nervous all week, and. As soon as I got onto the bus, the, the, the comfort of the bus, and look back and see McMahon and Baker and Jamesy, who had gone on Menace, obviously, they'd pick us up in Clarecastle and go down then to Bunratty, and you'd pick up the Lohans and look, man, probably get on board there. Like, and I used to get more uh, safe in my own head as soon as I saw that. So I needed that surround, you know, the build up. I, I often think of Milan telling me the story in 98, and Brian Green hated the bus. And Brian Green, great wing back, obviously, Mount Sign, great, great. Uh, family as well his father Jim obviously a legend and Greener said to Justin like um, or John McCarthy he said uh, I don't like that bus at all he'd get dropped up but of course he had a motorbike <laughs> and <laughs> he passed out the bus and stayed in front of the bus like the police motorbike <laughs> driver like he said going to a Munster final just incredible but that's it like all sorts for all folks you know and that's that's where Brian Green's head was, and he could perform in the Munster final after that, and did do yeah. both those days in '98. But let's can I yeah, just go back? Just, 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 sorry, Dale, just before, just one short story um, on the bus, right? The first bus we ever took was uh, the ninety in 1998. We went to the first round of the championship against uh, Waterford, and I was sitting up the front. I, I was. 
I, I wasn't a fan of the bus one way or the other. I didn't mind traveling in a bus and I'd be, I'd be chatting away with one of the lads. But I'd have to say, from the minute we left Cork to Tullus, Mickey O'Connell never stopped laughing and joking the whole way up. And he was down the back, right? And I was I was playing midfield with him and I was saying to myself, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna to have to listen. I'm gonna to have to play with this fella for the whole for the next sorry, it was ninety-nine actually. I'm gonna to have to play with this fella. And he's after using so much energy, talking and laughing and joking. And then he comes out and he hits ten points against Waterford. So I just said after that day, I said, yeah. it's whatever suits each individual. I felt to myself, and it was never ever discussed anymore, like you know, because he was just being himself. He was a brilliant, brilliant player and a brilliant striker of the ball and free taker. So it was just yeah. one, one of those things, Della. And that's that's exactly that was that was always my thoughts on it as well. That if fellas, I nearly leave it to the point I took over as manager. Then different with the dubs, I suppose. The furthest we probably to go was down to Torles, but usually. If it got big, it was on in Dublin. But with Claire, I used to leave it to the players to know what they wanted to do. They want to go up Saturday night. They want to try and fly up on the, as we used to do in our day, on the Sunday morning. And they changed from our time. We always, we know saying, obviously, with Lucknane, we flew up. But the players wanted to go up on the Saturday evening before quarterfinals, even semifinals, stay in a hotel. If there was a football match on in Crow Park, go into that. And it, it never seemed to affect them. They performed the final day. They obviously win, but they performed in fairness. So, just goes short. But on that TJ, like quarter to two on a Saturday for an All Ireland quarter final, the Rebels and the Tribesmen in Torless, like for me, that's unnatural. And I just want to throw out there as well I hate these 14 double headers because you have clear people coming in at half time, Wexler people coming in at half time the first game. Second game, I was obviously off duty then because it was co commentary for the first game. But second game, then I come down, take a seat in the sand. Cork people are going away because they're out of the championship and they want to get home. And I hate those. I'd love if Clare Maxwell was on in Port Leash Saturday night and maybe uh, Limerick the following day, maybe for Cork and, and and put it on after the Tailgate Cup. If if we have to give the television uh, rights to the Tailgate Cup, but um, I I just thought did, I hated yeah. it. I hated it. I was involved in it a few times with the Dubs, the quarter final fixture, double header, and I I just got no sense. The atmosphere, we beat Limerick one year, lost the tip another year. I think we were in three of them in my time. Just no, even in, you can feel it, the blow on the field, that the atmosphere is way down from a you know, a straight county v county game. And play that in a smaller venue if you don't think it's going to fill that, a place like Torles. I think it's a very fair point. Like for me personally on Saturday, it definitely suited us. I didn't have much on at home. Myself and Louise tipped over and it was like the perfect day because it was, it was a beautiful double header to look forward to. From a player's point of view, I suppose, yeah, like some of these players could have been busy working up to Friday. And even to go back to what you said there about the whole psychology or performance coach or these people who are with all these teams, it very much is different strokes for different folks in both a team and an individual environment. Because, like I said, some people might say, geez, quarter two on Saturday, beautiful. Bounce out of it, a few beers Saturday night, recovery Sunday, brilliant. For, certainly for the winners. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one. But I, I, I have to say, personally, I, I really enjoyed the two games. I thought that there was, there was different stuff going on to some of the other games. And maybe... The first half of both of them, that cagey nature of trying to figure out where the opposition were playing. There were certain man markings going on. It wasn't maybe as, let's say, blood and thunderish and free-flowing as a monster final, which we had just experienced. And maybe our expectation was that we were going to get back to something like that. So I, I have to say, Adele, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I thought the two, the two games on together gave certainly the neutral punter 
absolute great value for money. But again, I, I will agree with you. There was people coming in and out all day, said halfway through the first game, where I was hitting in, like, look, it's just those things you have to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like um, Louise and yourself enjoyed an early Father's Day. Sort of, yeah, but I'm, I'm on about the whole atmosphere of the game, Ken, uh, where, <laughs> yeah. you know, a quarter to two on a Saturday. For me, yeah, it just well, felt surreal. The argument is, why were the games not on Sunday anyway? Why were the games not on Sunday? That's the argument in the first place. Why were the games on Saturday? There were two All-Ireland quarterfinals, huge games in the hurling calendar. Uh, Sunday is the day for hurling uh, traditionally. Um, obviously, uh, obviously, the, the, the football games were on yesterday. They're trying to give the football games profile, but there would be just as much profile giving them the play on Saturday because it, 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 it is a huge day in the hurling calendar. Um, I was disappointed, TJ, in the games, to tell you the truth. Um, I just felt they hadn't that fervor, that drive, that that passion that we normally associate with knockout uh, quarterfinals. And um, I suppose Cork self-destructed Mark to be, with all due respect, from the point of view of dominating a game that was there for him to take. But from the very word go, once uh, Jack Greedish, you know, struck the ball from from a hundred yards. There was something eerie about the whole thing. What the hell is going on here? What's, go- what's going to happen next? And Cork then were sort of chasing their tails. But from 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 my point of view, you know, Joe Canning was was obviously uh, in analysis and he was even shocked at the fact that Galway were ahead at halftime and was very, very sporting in the fact that he said, like, we were so lucky to get out of jail here because of the fact that they were so dominated in possession. And, and, and <coughs> but, but, um, There'll be huge regrets, as you as you mentioned, with the Cork uh, situation because of the fact of of, of 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 they had the game there, but just couldn't just couldn't t- t- put it away. And um, for the second game, Dalo, I enjoyed the second game. I felt the second game was was way better. Uh, in fairness to Wexford, they came with a purpose. They came with a game plan. They rattled there badly, and the wreck was doing a great job on Tony Kelly. But more than that, they were they were. As TJ mentioned, you know, going at it in their faces, trying to do the right thing. And uh, unfortunately for, for Wexford, I suppose, that they faded away with 10 minutes to go. And I felt, I said to Keane watching the game, you know, Wexford are after beating Kilkenny now in a, a knockout game that you, you mentioned already uh, below Kilkenny. So Wexford are well used to this situation. They will finish strong. But mm-hmm. uh, fair play, you know, you can't quibble with one nine to two points for a finish. What You know what I mean? From that point, point of view. So... And Clare finished in a storm, uh, played very well. Obviously, the goal had a big bearing on the result. Shanahar coming in, uh, those impact subs were absolutely brilliant. Shane Meehan, and uh, it looked like a new Clare team with a quarter of an hour to go. And that's testament to the management team, but testament to, to the players as well in the way they fought to the bitter end. And Cork, unfortunately, Mark didn't show that resilience. Yeah, let's, no, let's go there I, maybe with Cork, Marco. Um, no, yeah. just come back, Darry Egan. I suppose just watching him last night, we ran out of bodies. He said, and, and you know what? There was an element of that. Me looking at it with the soaps coming on, yeah. and it was probably getting a bit weaker. Cork Galway, the guy was doing core commentary. Mark, I think I said after twenty-seven minutes, Marty, I said it's hard to believe it's four scores each. It was two-two to four points. I think maybe twenty-six minutes. That's right. Quite recall, but yeah, um, it was it was it was strange game, wasn't it? Um, and, and look, there was a general crack in the press box that. At half time in both games, or at half time the second game, that which first half was worse, do you know? Because, yeah, um, yeah, and the vote, yeah, I think, went, 
the vote went for Cork Galway was worse, but Clare and Wexford was very poor as well. But I think, Mark, yeah. when, when the Cork management and players and that, when they sit down and actually pluck up the courage because they probably don't, not in any rush to do it now unless Kieran has a decision to make or something like that. But when they have to sit down and look at it, Coley, they'll be sick watching it really look and 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 certainly we don't want to be anywhere disrespectful to Galway who have actually won the match fair and square I suppose in one respects and move on to the other in semi-final against Limerick but you know I, I watched the game against yesterday and I just I wrote down one word unforced errors and I said I just start ticking the unforced errors I started running out of paper after about 10 minutes, the amount of errors and the mistakes that were made for the Cork players. And, um, you know, the second thing I thought was decision-making. So when you bring those two things together and uh, you start failing to put the scores on the scoreboard, it's like the, you're giving a score to the opposition. That's why Galway led by five points at halftime, because Cork just failed to put away the scores. And, I think on the, on the three goal chances that Cork got, so, so they got four overall and uh, they took one. Galway, I would say they probably got no goal chance and ended up with two of them because the second goal that Conor Whelan got should never have happened because Sean just should have kept his eye on the ball or trusted his judgment that the ball was going to land where it did. But look, I'll give it as a half chance where they got two goals from one half chance. You've, you've got to give but, Whelan huge credit though. I mean, there wasn't still a lot on when Sean no, and he, yeah, and, and, was coming or not. Correct. And and, and then he had the muscle, and by God, they had some tussle to get the ball, like two hardy whores now, the two yeah. of them, in the He's prime of their life, wheeling. and in peak, street fighter in peak fitness. Just oh, yeah, but like, it's, it's tough, yeah, he some of the, with some of the scores that Conor Whelan got on Saturday were majestic. Like, he, he got one in the, on the country end of the field off his right-hand side, and then he went down to the city end in the second half, and he rifled one over on the, off his left-hand side, and Jordine trademarked down the sideline. So I thought he was very, very good, now Conor Whelan, yet again. But his strength and his power and his skill is phenomenal. But the three goals of Corpus in the first half, they all followed a, a similar pattern, I thought, Anthony. But uh, Alan and, 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 and Robbie and Dara should have took on the ball another bit and had a yeah. bit more composure. I know Dara's strike wasn't brilliant. It wasn't a pure strike. But he could have kept going another bit and just made sure a bit like, you know, Jack O'Connor from 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 um, from Wexford, like when he cut that ball for the first goal, like he cut it and he was running at full pelt and he smacked it into the net at the edge of the square, and I felt all three goals were, were goal opportunities were shot too early altogether. Um, now, I wouldn't single out any individual mistake that was made it was a culmination of the whole lot the goals conceded the goals missed the freeze missed the scores from play that were missed as well and then I thought after Cork had come with a head of steam to bring it back to a point Jesus there was a couple of scores that were conceded the, the short puck out to Joseph Cooney hit it from inside his own 45 over the bar and Cahill Mannion had a huge part to play late in the game. He picked up scores, you know, three or four, three, I think three points in the last 15 or 20 minutes to push out Wexford or uh, push out Galway again. So I think in general, there's no point in pinpointing one individual situation. It was a culmination of all the errors. And that's why I'm coming back to the word unforced errors and poor decision-making. I thought 
led to the overall fact that Cork were beaten. And you'd have to go back and say, well, lads, I thought to touch a, co- a, go- a good few times. You know the way you use a 30-yard strike to get yourself out of trouble? Too often there wasn't enough pace on the ball or the ball hit the deck where the player had to control it again and time is being lost. I thought that happened on an unbelievable amount of times. And that looked to me like a team that the hurling wasn't sharp to me. So that, that, that I was very disappointed, Anthony. And it's very hard to speak about a game whereby you know you possibly should have won the game. And you had, I know we conceded a goal early, but you had plenty of time to get back into the game. So I think, you know, Sheedy made a, a fair statement last night that, look, the panel of players are there. They're at the right age. You know, they have plenty of pace. I think there's a lot of upside still to come in the Cork side. But there's a lot of maturity, I would say, at the same time, that has to be found. And, like, when young Joyce can come into the team and look like a veteran after three or four months, I think a lot of the players that have been there for four or five years, I think there's a way more upside to come in them because they they had that potential that Kieran Joyce had when he came in at 19 and 20 years of age. And I don't think we've seen we've seen really like Dara Fitz in and out, Shane Kingston in and out, Mark Coleman in and out. And 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 they're three really, really good players. There's massive upside in those lads to come yet. It's just getting hold of them and, and getting the max out of them, I would say, is, is the next is the next protocol for Cork. Yeah, Liam Liam sounded like he was touting for the job there as well. Did, did he Well I say definitely. I think there was two people, if, if you ask me, I think there was two people dusting down the CV last night. Because I think when, when, when I think Cusick made it very quite clear as well, a, a bit different than Tomas Mull three years ago when he was asked, was he interested in the job? Absolutely no way would I, would I be interested in the job. And then he was interviewed a couple of weeks later himself at Kieran Kingston. So, like, I do think the two boys dusted down the CVs last night and said, yeah, I am interested in being involved. That, that was my take on it. Did you take the same, Dilla? Well, your Camogie team are going well as well, into the straight into the semi-final, and there's a man in charge there from an outside county. I know you don't do it well. Now, look, Kieran obviously is the man in, in, in the spot, and I don't know where he sits in terms of his time spent. Um, does he do another year or whatever? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. The yeah, there's, there's, certainly a bit of, there's certainly a bit of talk um, on the grapevine, but of course this, this could be more fake news now and stuff, that, 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 that potentially he may be given an extra year because succession planning is an important thing in Cork. I think Pat Mulcahy and Noel Furlong, the two young coaches that were brought in this year, the first year involved with the senior team, they, Cork might be looking at making sure that there is some succession planning there. I don't know whether Diamond is interested in that, but certainly Noel Furlong would, would, would have a lot of ambition, I'd say, to be involved, and so would Pat. So I don't know. There's, 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 there's a lot of dust we'll have to settle, I think, in the next couple of weeks and you'll, you'll have club championship but Cox traditionally don't make quick decisions Anthony and I think um, which is the right there's way. a lot of smart yeah yeah there's a lot of smart men at the top table there now Kevin O'Donnell and a few more fellas there they will be looking at what's the best thing for the Cork Holland panel going forward so I, I think the club championship will start and you know so I've no doubt that we will be coming back to the space again so anything anything could happen I suppose in some respects yeah and a bit um, TJ, I was just watching the Sunday game and doing my few notes like Mark, very diligent, and um, said, did Cork win? So much analysis of Cork. Yeah. yeah. TJ, Galway won. 
and they're I in the. I, I'm on a different page, to you guys. Like, I, I just think yes, Cork's first half mightn't have been great, and you could say that they should have been in a better position at halftime. But uh, Shane Kingston gets a goal a couple of minutes into the second half. It's back to two points, right? They're three points down on 50 minutes, two twelve to one twelve. They're three points down on 60 minutes, two sixteen to one sixteen. In the second half, Cork had five wides, Galway had seven wides, right? So the game was there for them. For me, Marco, there's a distrust in the Cork forwards amongst themselves and I think amongst Cork people and I'd say amongst the Cork management team, right? There's no, like, I, 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 like if you take Conor Lehan, for example, right? Yes, by all means, and he, no one will need to tell him it wasn't a brilliant first half, he wasn't really involved in the game and he hit a couple of frees wide, right? But given the year he's had, like Conor Lehan can light things up in 10 or 15 minutes. Surely to God he was entitled to 10 or 15 minutes, right? Then with a couple of other players, like I know Seamus Harnady, Tim O'Mahony, Alan Connolly, Conor Lehan, no score from play. So this thing narrative that like, oh, Cork were definitely the better team. I, I, I don't, I'm not buying into it, lads. Yeah, you can tell me about the first half with 12 wides. Yeah, you can tell me about the two or three goal chances. But the bottom line is, Mac, he didn't take him, right? So no, he didn't. That doesn't, no, he didn't take him. So that doesn't mean just because you didn't take him that you were a better team. Like, Galway, to me, Galway weren't brilliant, right? Outside, outside of Conor Whelan and their forwards, Delo, I don't think anybody would be going away from the game to say, Jesus, that, that, that was a really good performance by me, right? So this wasn't a vintage Galway performance, but they dug it out. And when Cork came back at them, they hit him for the two or three points where it was on puck outs. Yeah. Like, Anna Murphy was very good. Like, they man-marked that if it's given. Like, I, to me, they got some of their tactics right. They lost Gerard McInerney, who would normally be a loss to them. And also, they brought on Johnny Cohen, they brought on Brian Concannon and they brought on Jason Flynn, who all contributed to the scoreboard at big times in the game. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm on the same page as the general public here. And maybe it's me. Yeah, but TJ, you would have to say there was a five-goal swing in the first half. There's no way Cox should have conceded the two oh, goals they conceded. Mark, one second, Marco. Three... One second, Marco. Right? Yeah. No, one second. Go back. Rob, you cannot say that Robbie O'Flynn's shot was a great goal chance. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Don't be, be don't be cutting sure, Don't be, don't Dalo, be uh, TJ, he should have took on, uh, when I said about the three goals, it, all the three goal, goals should have been taken further. He had, Shane, he had Shane Kingston on his left-hand side and he had Alan Connolly on his right-hand side. He should never have took on the shot when he took it on. That wasn't, but it was a goal-scoring opportunity, TJ, if he took it on for another four or five steps. But, like, there's no excuse for Alan Connolly's miss or there's no excuse for Dara, Dara, Dara Fitzgibbon's miss. They were, they were shocking misses, like. Yeah, and you could say the same the other end. There's no excuse for what Patrick Collins did, and there's no excuse for Sean O'Donoghue losing the flight of the ball. It's, just, it, it's, it's in similar stance, really, at just opposite ends of the field. But the bottom did line Galway is... Did get right, any other goal chance? In a quarterfinal... Like no right? other goal opportunity over in the course a, of the game. And, and TJ, I'm not even going to go there about the three refereeing decisions in the last 10 minutes that wasn't picked up by RTE last night, right? And how, how the Sunday game... Obviously, the incidents that were mentioned last by, of the referee last Sunday has an effect on this Sunday because uh, Robbie Finn was born for a clear hand pass. That, it was a, a legitimate hand pass. That was a score came off of that. Uh, Shane Kingston bundled Joe Cooney or, or, or Mannion out over the line for a 65 that wasn't no, given. No. And we'll have a debate about the Seamus Hannity thing, uh, whether, the, whether that was a foul or not. I think on looking at the replay, I do think it was a foul because... Hamlet six foot three. Uh, Dahi Burke is about five foot ten, and he certainly caught him in the front of the shoulder, as far as I'm concerned. And well, we haven't met Dahi Burke in person, obviously. 
Definitely. Uh, well, he's wider than he is tall enough, to be fair. <laughs> but I, yeah, I but thought in real time uh, it was legitimate. But when I watched it back on video, I felt, and the still shows, his shoulder is right underneath his jaw. That's what the still shows. So, like, the, the, anyway, the bottom line here for me is, is it in the game. I think Dahi Burke showed the character that's involved in Dahi Burke and uh, in the way that he hit Harnady. There was no hesitation in it, Mark. There was no malicious. Um, whether it's a free or not is debatable, but I, from my point of view, it set out a marker to say Galway are going to finish this game out as winners. Um, you've mentioned lads on forced errors, you've mentioned wides, but you, we haven't mentioned leadership. And Dahi Burke hadn't his greatest day for Galway, but Dahi Burke is a leader. Uh, Parik Mannion and Cotton Mannion are leaders. Joseph Cooney showed up when he went back to that back line. There was a huge lack of leadership with that Cork team to take it by the scruff of the neck. Um, down in Waterford, Mark, Seamus Harnley showed that leadership in Walsh Park, that drive, that determination. TJ has alluded to already, the lack of scores from the main men in the Cork setup uh, didn't happen. We know the situation with Alan Connolly, he's a young player coming through, I'd excuse him. I would give Anna Murphy more credit than that. In actual fact, I would actually have given Aina Murphy man of the match. Not just for his saves, because he was, he was the only goalkeeper of the four that was actually on form on Saturday, but also his puck outs in the second half. He nailed Park Manning with one. He nailed Jason Flynn with one. Savage puck outs that ended up in scores at the other end. So it takes the little bit of an extra ingredient to win games. I think Dahi Burke was quite entitled to hit Seamus Harnady as fair and as hard as, as he possibly could. I think... Uh, uh Mannion hit the ball off Shane Kingston, so it was a wide, it showed it uh on, on TV, uh, Mark. And from your point of view, it's just you know a cascade of regrets, really, because of the fact mm. that she had so much possession. But TJ is hitting it in the nail in the head in the fact that so few players contributed to the Cork uh situation when most needed. And at the end of the day, Galway had that wearable. And I'd say Galway are loving this. They're loving the Sunday game last night, TJ, because they're saying, Jesus Christ, this yeah. is all about Cork. This is all about Limerick. This is all about Clare. Hey, Kenny, by God, we have got to throw the shackles off now and hit this Limerick team with everything. Yeah, they took a tense game, but they lost two Cork forwards in Robbie O'Flynn and Shane Kingston, who started score from play, and two subs. Patrick Hogan got a point from play, and then Alan Callaghan came on and got three great points from play. So, like... Can you expect to be winning knockout championship games with them type of stats? And I don't think you're being fair in the bigger picture. Like, as I said, at this level, that's the quality of player you're looking for. Is And when, you, when those chances present themselves, so whether it's in training or whether you're not executing them right or striking them right, when it comes to this level, that's what you're looking for. That's the ruthlessness that's required to win games. Yep. And, and to me, down the stretch in the second half, and like the chopping and changing... To me, was there a little bit of even a disconnect? Maybe even like like Cork going for that goal chance later on. I, I don't know. To me, there's still plenty of questions there. And I, and I think when you ask yourself the question, Marco, today as a Cork man, how far are you away? I, 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 I don't know what the answer is, but I, I, I just don't think that you did enough to be in the semi-final. I have to disagree with you. I, I, and I, I made this point that I thought Galway deserved to win the game the way they toughed it out for the full game. Cork will be really disappointed, TJ, with the opportunities that present yeah. themselves. And there's no, no blame. And that's why I said to you earlier on, I, I wouldn't blame any individual thing. 
it was a culmination of a huge amount of errors on the day. And you just... The point I make is that I think there's a lot of upside yet to, to come to in. Though, Mark. Mark, you have to point to leadership. Leaders win yeah. games. Tom Morrissey, Hegarty, when the going gets tough, they win games for, for Limerick. Leadership, TJ Reid and Cole with Kilkenny. Leadership with the clear team on Sunday. You know the guys, Tony Kelly, when it came to the crunch, having having a poorish game by his standards, came to the crunch, three points, fantastic points the last 10 minutes. That's Shane what wins yeah, Shane O'Donnell grabbing the game with a scuff the neck, and unfortunately, from Cork's point of view, that didn't happen. Yeah, Mark, and just look, I'm, we're not being down on Cork now today because I thought it was a funny yeah. game as well, Mark. I'm going to kind of agree with you here that I, I, the lad maybe a more defined that no, you got your chance, you didn't take it. It was a weird game, like straight away you look at the first goal, it doesn't yeah. normally happen. No, I know there was goal came, but I don't, I don't get the bit about Dahi Burke to be honest. And I know we often, yeah. but we often refer to Brian Gavin and, and his analysis, obviously. And I don't know if you read him this morning, but no. as for Dahi Burke's shoulder on Seamus Harnady, it was a collision I would love to have refed. It was <laughs> definitely a perfect shoulder. It was vital that he met Harnady straight. Those are the type of genuine, well typed, yet ferocious hits you want to see. And for me, like your great team and the team you started off with and went on then when you were finished to win a couple of more All-Irelands like The Rock made a living out of those times and the Cork supporters at the time Loved it. Said, that's, we've real men we've, we've a man that's nearly better than Law and at full back now and for Cork people to be whinging about that tackle and I got a fair bit of it coming off the stand I have to say like, but they looked a good instinct once 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 Dahi hit made that hit our gut told us God we're going to win this because the yeah. ball was recycled and poked wide, harmlessly wide. And, you know, you knew straight away, this is Galway's day. Now, I have to say, Ken, I was co-commentating and when I saw it, I went, ooh. And you're watching the, the match, obviously. <laughs> now you have a screen in front of you, right? So, comes back then. And I'm there. Marty's talking away about it. And I'm, shoulder replay, shoulder replay, quick. Like, seems a shoulder <laughs> to shoulder. And I'm there. Yeah, well, and I, my first instinct was, yes, this will be a free in and probably a yellow. Because you're watching from a distance. And we've, yeah. we we know the way it's ref normally now. But then when you saw the replay, you'd have to say it was, you know, Burke kind of kept his feet on the ground, maybe his right leg lifted. and But, yeah, I, the follow-through, maybe, Mark, all right, what looked like shoulder to helmet. But I think the initial hit was shoulder to shoulder. I yeah. didn't get the vision about live, that I, I'd have to say live, and I was up that side of the field, I was on the opposite side, and the guy that was with me hasn't been at a match in 20 years to Maastricht. And thank him for driving me to the to the golf classic that we played in the Gilmoy Golf Classic. It's Apple 7 on uh, on Saturday morning. So we get to Tullus afterwards. And we stayed for both games. And Tomas hasn't seen a game for 20 years. And my initial reaction was that it was a fair shoulder. It was only when I saw it back afterwards, I felt, hmm, maybe. And I'm just wondering. But listen, there was lots of decisions late in the game that I thought Robbie O'Flynn's hand pass in particular for me was a very, very poor decision. But look, that that's it's not whinging, Dale, it's just discussing the, the some of the key things. Oh, yeah. And when those yeah. things go against you in a tight match, you always look back to a match and say, Jesus, that went for us, it may have been different. But I think it was Galway's day, and we need to respect that as well. And it's Cox's own undoing that they're not in the next round. Yeah, there was probably a good chance for Cork to level it to Mark with Jack O'Connor, that ball in front of the new stand. And I know, I know it, it turned out to be a good block by um, 
I mean, Carl Mannion. Like, but again, like as I said, those are the moments. They're they, they're the big moments when you gotta you you gotta maybe use that bit of brilliance that you have, like Jack O'Connor, and get that score or do something for the team to carry you to the next level. And I just, as I said, I just didn't I didn't feel and, it was there. No, and as well as that, TJ, we hit the upright twice as well in the last yeah, five minutes. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. kind of look? It kind of felt like it's just not going to be your day, lads. And like, yeah. Pat, just to go back to the Patrick Collins goal, right? Ring always said, you follow the ball in, no matter whether you have any chance of getting the ball or not. And Fahey followed the ball in. And Damien Cahillan put out his two hands, but you meant still ran around him. So Damien should have made sure that he that the, the forward should not have come in Patrick's eye line as far as I'd be concerned. And I definitely think Patrick possibly saw the corner of his eye, Fahey coming. Just he must have took his eye off the ball. No. I think Della, you, you have a theory on that this morning, but the yellow slitter again. No, 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 no. Jesus, I was only. I don't. So, know some for the some for Dennis Crowley, I think, through in a, a message right. there that that was the yellow slitter a factor with Clare and Wexford supporters that he couldn't have seen the slitter. But I played against Waterford in the '98 League final, and there was a sea of white. When the keeper struck the ball, you could not see the ball until it came into the skyline, and then when it was coming down again, right? So I was. I will have so to you say. You pulled anyway. Absolutely, 100%. Once, once you felt you were in the vicinity, you know, you were okay. But certainly, mm. there was a period of time when the boy was popped out, you couldn't see the white slitter through the jerseys. Mark, so that is something that somebody has brought up. Catalan there, Mark. That's one man you can't. That man was great. That man... Brilliant. Brilliant. And he was, as you know, he's much maligned in Cork. And oh. I, think, I think you need the three Catalans. That's who you need in there. Uh, well guys, said, Ken. Uh, he was outstanding, wasn't he? I was super. Yeah, I thought Damien. Yeah, I was thrilled. I was thrilled from to be honest with a thrilled, thrilled. No, and he and he hit a monster point as well. Like he hit a monster point, and Robbie Flynn hit a monster point. And just to, to mark, Robbie Flynn is after a great season with Cork this year. He's good come point. up with three or four points every day. Good, bad, or indifference. But Damien Cahillan is probably one of his better days in the jersey, and and he gets a lot of stick to be fair, but. Ah, it'll it'll be a game that Cork will rue, and they will say to themselves, "How do we let that one slip?" And I don't want to be disrespectful in any way to Galway. They toughed it out, and they won it fair and square, no arguments whatsoever. Yeah, TJ, um, watching obviously we were both the same side of the field. I was above in the box, but um, it meant a fair bit to Henry the final whistle. You know, it's, it's all about the result, isn't it? it they didn't play that well, as you said, a while ago, I agree with you. They had some big players, though. You know, both cornerbacks, excellent, as Ken has said. And um, Murphy maybe could have been man of the match. He was he was very effective. Um, Joseph Cooney had to go back when Garrod, and hopefully Garrod McInerney will be okay. But it looked as if it was a bit of an E or whatever. Now it looks not point speculating in the clue, but Joseph Cooney did a fair job when he went back. Park Mannion, while not at his very best, still came up with the, the, the flick on Jack O'Connor alone. And um, they still gave David Burke the cleverness, David Burke back defending and you know, won a free out there. I know it was a harsh yellow, I think, on Tim Manny, but you know, he still he was in the right place at the right time. And I think, I think Kingston will pass our Kingston, not, not Kingston, we're, we're so caught up in Cork. I think Henry. 
we'll love the build up for two weeks' time, really, and, and we'll ask serious questions of these players. And, and, and I think things are probably they're in a good place now. They meet, obviously, the raging hot three in a row champions, not jet champions, but um, you know, the team that no one can beat extra time, normal time, anytime. We'll talk about that another day. But to go back to Galway for one second, of course Henry's going to be delighted. Like obviously, I will. I said already, they would have to be big time disappointed with their just length of a final performance, and they were under pressure. Both teams were under pressure. They played that way early on. What Ken said there about Ian and Murphy, right? The, the, there is a little bit of a question mark in Galway about the use of their own puck out. The stats probably don't read as well as they would like, and they have work to do there. However. The confidence he gained, I'd say, from those couple of saves in the first half, you could definitely see him growing better in the second half because he definitely was responsible for a couple of direct scores. So that's a major plus for them. Their full back line is a plus. David Burke steering them in the middle of the field. They're half out. Now, they man-marked Dara Fitzgibbon with, with one Lennon. So like they, 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 they obviously pinpointed him, and they had to make sure the way they set up that they stopped Cork's running game from the middle of the field. So I thought, tactically, set-up-wise, they did that reasonably well. A couple of the question marks about them is like inside Connor Whelan, he is isolated at times. Now he is a horse of a man and he is some man to hold the ball up even against two and three defenders at times, right? But they'll have to get more support to him. I, I'm a big fan of Brian Concanon. I think I'd like to see him back. I've seen him doing stuff at club level. I think he belongs in this stage. He might be a small little bit of confidence away from being a top class inside forward. I think, I think there's room for him. Uh, Jason Flynn, I was going to say, Mark, uh, of all the incidents, I thought he got a handy free at one stage, Mark, uh, which you didn't complain about, but which to, to, to give a free into Galway. I thought that was handy, right? You leave him alone. <laughs> but then they, they introduced I... Johnny, Co- Johnny Cohen for Ronan Glennon to pick up another experienced man. And if you want to talk about maybe a moment in the game, right, which maybe swung it, right? Cork have a ball almost turned over, Mark. They're trying to bring it away. It's, it's, it's 70-30 in favour of Cork. Coming away. Shane Shane Kings, Kingston had the ball Shane just put, Yeah, he has it in his hand. Uh, Johnny Cohen turns the ball he, over and sticks the ball over the bar. So that's the type of, I suppose, leadership and big players that's in the Galway team. It, it, it is definitely a big help in these tight spaces. And Henry probably noticed that. And he's definitely, I'd say, was just delighted to get over the line and get himself. Because in theory, they do have some form of a free shot now. They won't see it that way, obviously. And they have the physicality. They definitely have to improve. Um, they've, they've, they're half-forward lines, winning their own puck out, whether it be on 50-50 ball or movement. There's definitely an area for them. But no, no doubt about it. Go back to the league game. Gerard Hegarty was sent off. And, and Galway in the Gaelic rounds, they, like the physical battle was unreal on the day. And they weren't found wanting. So it, it, it's going to be a different game, a different type of game, and I'm sure Galway will get plenty of confidence from this win, as we all do from winning games. Um, yeah. I, I don't it, know it, if they have anything else to add to it other than the players they brought on, but I, I just still think Gerard McInerney would suit, let's say, picking up um, one of the boys from memory because that's just the way his makeup is. So it looked like a bad knee injury, him. Ken coming off, so I don't know how severe that is. Maybe it might just be a knock or whatever. So if he was right, it'd be a big plus for them because Joe Cooney has been scoring well for them. So him up the field further, even though Delo, I think that Joseph Cooney's best position is probably six or possibly seven. Oh yeah, I, I think naturally he 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 would fit those roles, but he he's done a great job for him. I think uh, at left half forward, you know, and switching to midfield for a while and and. Uh, 
like the one he powered up the sideline, like Robert Downey came across to meet him. Jesus, it was, I know I disrespect to Robert Downey. He still has a bit of filling out of his frame to do, but it wasn't, it was a man against a, a lesser size man anyway, because he was powering and they hit and Cooney didn't even waver one inch from his trajectory. Like he, he and drove it over the bar then as well. So yeah, I yeah. think they might be better suited to take on Limerick with their size. Um, Striking for me, I was down the sideline doing a tiny little bit with Damien Lawler before I went back up, and they were warming up behind me. Jesus, like, I mean, some of them are massive men. Like, um, I walked down along the sideline, and you, I was trying to compare the Cockfellas, and there's a lot of growing to do. I think Glim Sheed even touched on that last night, Mark. That he'd start strength and conditioning tomorrow morning, like he was saying, you know, immediately, yeah, but, that's right. And he maybe, maybe he has a program in place, he might have. He might have. The deal might be already done. It would be so strange to see an outside uh, coach man, like, or manager, man. right? But a fella from Tip coming down, no disrespect, kid. I tell you, there'll be a lot of fellas tumbling in their grave. Ring and Jack Lynch will be two of them, you know, I can tell you. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine talking to John Fitzgibbon over in America to tell him there's a Tip man in charge of Cork. Oh, God almighty, he... He'd be flying back straight away. But um, I don't know. I don't know. John Dylan does. What would they think of a tip man going down there? <laughs> that's the other Yeah, that's the other <laughs> side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Fair uh, point. Galway are very much together, lads. I, you know, you could see the elation yeah. afterwards. And uh, Dahi Burke, the first man he went to was Henry Shefflin after the game. So they're very much together, which is, a, is, is, is great to see. So I think uh, we're going to have one hell of a semi final. Uh, TJ's right. Galway will throw off the shackles. It'll be a physical game. It'll be hard. And the Mannions and the Coonies and Co and all these guys that are around uh, the block a good while, they know how to play uh, Limerick. They have never been disgraced by Limerick, as we well know. They're the one team that has stood up to them. So we're expecting a big semi-final. Yeah, and it, like it's quickly turned into nearly my favourite weekend of the year with the Saturday evening game. And then the Sunday, it's just, uh, I think it's magic. And... The problem is the prices of fucking hotels in Dublin are going after rails, but uh, hopefully RT might look after the Saturday night. So uh, you're all um, right, Dilla. You you'll get some free gig for that. I've no doubt. What's <laughs> poor plebs? Will, 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 come here. Get. Will you, any chance you'll get a double room and you might be able to throw yourself in TJ? We we, we, we might get we, we might get called up in his hotels, Marco, for something. But mind me. <laughs> Surely, 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 surely. Yeah, yourself, surely. yourself, and some ex Galway player that you battered over the years would surely be doing a little promo before the show. Like, just, big Barry, yeah, big, big Barry. Barry. <laughs> Why the bar? Shout out to Big Barry Cullen, Barry. You go, I hope you bring it to him. But um, let's do. You know, it's a big weekend, and the Saturday night game will be clear and Kilkenny the Leinster champions. Um, I certainly thought with fifteen minutes to go, I'll. I'll be as honest as I can be, I couldn't see us coming back. I couldn't see a clear team in my lifetime coming back. It just seemed like, you know, with the way um, Ian Galvin's shot come off the bar straight down the field, the goal, and it just seemed like no matter what we did, and I knew they'd come with a surge of sorts, but I thought no matter what we did, we couldn't get over the line. And this one, I thought Wexford would get something. And look, there's a strong argument that they... Should have got a penalty and, and a black card for Keen Nolan. Um, and I, I couldn't argue with that, but that rule seems to be gone for some reason uh, since Aidan McCarthy's famous one uh, last year, which we would have com- could complain about in Clare as well. Now you're always giving out to us at the moment that we're complaining about something, so I won't go there. But yeah, it certainly could have been. But I couldn't see Clare coming back, lads, but 
to hit 192 points. I know Wexford are unlucky now with injuries. But for me, I wasn't as excited, lads, at a game. I'd take when I saw when, that. <laughs> oh, jeez, TJ. I swear. I know we met you. Met you. That was well. I was calmed down at that stage, TJ. But I went down to the pitch. I haven't been out in the pitch the Clare game. Well, I have when I was three years manager, but as a supporter, just I was I went out onto the pitch after I haven't been out in the pitch since 2002. Obviously, in 13, there was no one out in the pitch. It was that time just the players and, and their own could go in and crop out, crop out anyway. You couldn't get out in the field. So, and obviously, I was Dublin manager as well at the time up to the semi finals. So, there wasn't a, a go there for me. It was beautiful to meet all the lads the, the Monday night after the All Ireland in, in 13. But I just, I was coming down off the stand and I said, Fick it, I go out into the field. And I, said, I was hoping I'd meet Lohan. We'd be good, our pals. We, we don't talk at the moment <laughs> because that's Brian while this is going on. I'm media and he's the manager. So, but I know, I know when it's over, we'll meet and we'll have a beer and, and we'll discuss everything. And Is there any old text, any old text message over back there? Or is it just sure best, best, best yeah, the good looks and that. But he, he'd be, I'd be conscious that he's getting 140 does on, on a Saturday, Mark, you know, and I, I yeah. He knows. He knows where my hat is, is with him. And, exactly. And Claire, leave, you know, leave matters. It matters, like, and, and Brian knows what he's doing and he's showing that all the time. But I, I just went down onto the field. The first man I met was Gilly and his young lad and guess two lads that we meet, you know, with your young lads. And, you know, there's Gilly and the young lad. Normally, Gilly now could be going to Thurles on the train from Six Mile Bridge, like, with John Mara and Michael Russell and a few of them, like, I'd be making a fair day of it. The last train back to Limerick. Uh, there he was with his young lad. Times move on, and he said, "Dale, we're Hello. going to Dublin. We're going to Dublin, like you know." And I know the footballers have been in Dublin already, and the footballers are there again next Saturday. And the best to look to them against Derry. I'm very proud of them. Obviously, live in West Derry here, so stronghold football country. But I know what he meant. You know that the hurlers are back in the semi-final, and a chance, I suppose, a chance is all. And was, player, I met Tony Kelly. Was the only player I met, and Tony's first reaction was to kind of look at me with his eyes. And go, and this is the perfectionist that is TK, of course. Like, nearly how bad are we, Dale? You know, um, and of course, most lads would be just elated, like at that moment, but Tony was already analyzing He's, the game, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. But it was, a, it was, it was a, it was a comeback that stirred the soul. And I think I'd take about four deep breaths when the fourth official put up six minutes. And you know what's very funny, lads, in the stand is. When the crop, he goes out and we're waiting to see is it three, is it four, is it five, whatever. Like, you know, the next thing, the board goes up and the six. crowd go, six minutes. Palpably hear that coming along the old stand side. Like, you know, and, and Claire had obviously had their roller coaster spell and it was a, ma- a matter of kind of staying in front. So, yeah, I was elated. I don't associate Claire with those comebacks. I actually, in my Deep recesses in my mind, I associate Claire being caught with those comebacks, Ella 2005 against against Cork. And for that to happen the other way, no disrespect to Wexford. Wexford got so much right, lads. The markups, Shane Reck back after four months to pick up Tony, um, O'Hanlon and Duggan, um, massive one was Devitt. Connor Devitt and Taylor, Taylor, yeah. That huge one. Taylor still came up with a big couple of big plays and we wanted him maybe, but my argument say he could have been gone at that stage. And maybe that's what you're yeah. talking about, TJ, was the, yeah. the, the two lads that were taken off was Ian Galvin, who kept us in the game, and David yeah. Reedy, five points between them. But they looked out on their feet and he left Taylor there, you know, and 
he won a huge ball there back in his own 30 yard line remember? and he just jumped in the crowd it was a brilliant free that he won like so yeah big play but big credit to Wexford TJ overall though they did come with a lot right oh yeah the twin they, towers they inside and McDonald and Chain and, and direct ball and stuff and Damon O'Keefe where he was positioned in the field and yeah it was a strange game and like for Tony to come off let's say the Limerick game where he wasn't man-marked and now he was dealing with a proper full man-marker for the whole game it is something different and it takes time to maybe adjust to something different I suppose the only thing for Tony was that his free taking was off early on so it's kind of you don't want to associate with someone like him but I was just thinking that there's something about Claire that's different for sure like and uh, one of the things that came to mind last night for me Dale was with that whatever 11-12 minutes to go was the Any Given Sunday speech which was like we're in hell right now gentlemen believe me and we can stay here and get the shit kicked out of us or we can fight our way back into the light we can climb out of hell one inch at a time I just felt that the leadership that Ken has spoken about in let's say in Galway and other teams like just clear short in abundance as well. And then to cap it all off, TK does what he does later on, which is nearly worth going to the match alone to see. Like it's just incredible. Um for me, I thought Shane O'Donnell was incredible. I thought even all through his work rate, his intelligent play. There's another player, I suppose maybe another two players that are just having big plays nearly every game. No Diller, are you numbers five and number seven? Jamie Ryan yeah. contributed three massive points from play. I suppose one other facet of the game, and you're talking about moments trying to win a game. The ball that David McInerney caught in front of the old, like just another yeah. massive, massive play from another leader. And I think when it was when Ken keeps referring to that, as said like the teams that don't get themselves over the line when they find themselves in the hole, a lot of the time it's death. It's, it's, it's not so much the quality of play. It's probably more so the quality of character in the finish going down the stretch is what you need. And, and I suppose that's what we keep referring to. Claire had it in abundance there. It was, it, it, was, it was mad. And it was like, yeah, it was a big Claire roar there for the last 10 minutes with every oh. ball, every score. It was yeah. mad stuff. You grew, you, your attendance must have grew about 50% as ever the last 10 minutes. Yeah, they were, all, they were all very quiet for a long time, but uh, yeah, yeah, the noise was, at the end was a crescendo. Ken, was Ken, I, was, I, I just yeah. want to say, Ken, I, I was thrilled to be going down the tunnel at halftime level. Like, I think that's the difference in the two games, maybe. Cork went down the tunnel, five down. Five down. went down level. And even though they did get the setbacks of the two goals into the edge of the square, um, to be leveled at halftime gave maybe that little buffer. Like if we were four down, which we probably should have been, and those goals probably still would have come, you'd have been gone. There would be no Ten comeback down, possible. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, TJ's rightly pointed out a number of individuals there, but that Dermot Ryan fella, he lifted the team. He lifted the supporters. He lifted the game uh, with his body language, the way he was up for the fight, the scores he took. And he just uh, hurled with abandon, as Donny Nealon, you'll say. He just hurled with abandon. He he didn't step back. He just stepped forward. And I suppose, Claire, let's face it, on the negative point of view, Delo, um, the, the suspensions thing coming into the match didn't help them. Rory starting and Peter Duggan starting. Uh, both had very little influence in the game. Obviously, Rory was called ashore. We have to discuss that too after eight, how nine quick, minutes. How quick was that? Yeah. And then you have the I don't Duggan. think it was an injury. The Peter situation no. as well. Uh, Peter isn't showing form. And Peter's a, a lovely fellow. He presented medals in, in, for us, for Pokey. A lovely guy, a great guy, Peter Duggan. But Peter's not showing any form uh, that would suggest 
that he can change a game at the moment. Obviously, he took over from the freeze from, from, from Tony and things like that. But the suspensions thing definitely had an adverse effect on Clare. They were off the pace in the first half. Um, the key thing for Wexford was they were getting their matchups right. And also, they were playing to a set plan. They knew exactly what they were doing. They had faith in Dara's uh, management. They had faith in what they were doing. They came to Torres to win. The Jack O'Connor goal was absolutely magnificent, the way he caught the ball. Obviously, from a defensive point of view, Dalo, you won't be happy with it, but a, a superb goal. But I think, you know, overall, uh, the two goals after halftime uh, for Wexford, particularly, or sorry, midway through the second half, it looked like it was going to be Wexford's day, you know. And I couldn't see why you'd have that type of elation, Dalo, to come back from the dead, to win that type of game, but there's a number of things that Kilkenny will be, will, will be harping on. Kilkenny will be harping in on the fact that, that Tony was uh, man-marked, that uh, Hugh Lawler will handle Peter Duggan quite easily, um, that uh, the matchups then for the Connor Browns or the or Connor Delaney's or whoever's going to take on Shane O'Donnell, because Shane O'Donnell, lads, is having a, a whirlwind year. Absolutely brilliant attitude. Uh, tearing into everything, winning high ball, leaping in this in the in the sky, you know, leaping, and such such wonderful uh, uh, aggression in his game after having so many severe concussions. So from that perspective, Kilkenny, the opposition, are going to have an awful lot of things to work on. They will see the weaknesses that maybe Wexford exposed, and that's something that Clare have got to like Peter Duggan to me, obviously the best right half forward a number of years ago. You know, in Ireland, rightly so, playing at full forward, holding the hurdle in the wrong hand, Dalo. I can't understand that. Trying to catch away his right hand, and it's not just coming off him at the moment. Now, uh, Lohan has a, a stick to beat him with, but they need, when it comes to the All Ireland semi final level, as you well know, against a seasoned team like Kilkenny, they need to up at another level. That display on, on Saturday, Sunday won't suffice, but the, the energy that you'll get out of that win. And the, the Philip to the whole the whole county of Clare obviously will bring you through, but it's going to be one hell of a battle against Kilkenny. Yeah, and he will mark down a fair bit. Like, could you see a, a, a TJ and Walter twin towers in front of Ever Culligan um, the next day? Like, yeah. you seem yeah. to trouble Clare direct ball in. Yeah, <clears throat> look, I I think most managements now do a huge amount of assessment on the opposition. Uh, Wexford got a lot of, I suppose, they got a lot of return from the two lads inside. And I must remark, I thought that Connor McDonald looked extremely fit on, on Saturday in comparison to the way he was in the league. And maybe in the last couple of years, he certainly was brought and had a, a bigger shots, I would suggest, but he looked really, really fit on Sunday or Saturday. I, I think, I think, you know, Kilkenny are capable of doing anything. Uh, they have the players, um, Anthony. But I equally think that you're capable of doing anything as well. And look, all the lads, all the points that the lads made are, are 100% valued. Like the McInerney's leadership. Like we didn't see Conlon at his brilliant best, but he didn't have to be at his brilliant best. He he was magnificent in the Munster final, and I've no doubt that he'll come again for the semi final. Damon Ryan, as you know, he's in my fantasy team. I've spotted him from a long ways out, Dalo, at the start of the year. I had a lot he's of faith in him. He's a great scorer. He's, he's great some scorer. fine. He's yeah. some fine now. But, and, now he's like, in high command now. Yeah. He's been there a few years now. Like. 
Yeah, but you know, picking them on your team is a different thing, like you mm -hmm. know. So mm -hmm. David Fitzgerald and John and John Conlon didn't have the brilliant games that they had in months of time, which to me does show and Tony Kelly. So to me, it shows there was certainly a hangover for those three individuals because I say mentally and physically they left everything at the Munster final. And Henry made a very valid point last night Ken, about the sorry, two, sorry, Matt. two Ken, you have to leave us. Yeah. Yeah, Dale, thanks very much. Pleasure, Ken. You guys. Pleasure, Ken, and thanks so thanks. much. Okay, Ken, take care. Okay, Ken. Good to see you. Let's look in the minor, Ken. Mm -hmm. okay, I, I think Hen Henry made a... Sorry, Henry made a very valid point last night about the two-week gap between the matches. And he said, thankfully, there was two weeks between the games. And that's where we're coming back about saying about the McDonough final, that the GA have to find a fortnight to play that preliminary quarterfinal someplace. So... um. But like I, I thought, when you look at I, Mark, I, when you look at when you look at the exposure now, the the Talchin Chicken Cup is getting no disrespect. Now these lads are entitled to have a go, but the the little respect we're given to the Joe McDonough Cup and our, our lesser competitions in hurling. Well, like you'd have to say, and Ken mentioned it earlier on. Like I mean, the Talchin Cup is the second grade. We'll say now the second tier, and I think it's a, I think it's excellent for the teams that are involved and the commitment they gave and. I saw the, the matches yesterday, as, as you know, I was on the couch, so I watched the football matches yesterday. And it was, look, do you know what it is? If water finds its own level. Do you know, the games were very, very level, and they were consistent with the standard that's there at the grade that they're playing. But to leave All-Ireland quarterfinals be played on a Saturday and to have the second-grade football be played on a Sunday is not a good decision as far as I'm concerned for the people in Crow Park. Those quarterfinals should have been played on the Sunday, in my opinion. They have to, they have to promote it, Mark. We all know the story. Like it, it needs all the help they can get. Football. Everybody knows here that football is for fellas who weren't skillful enough to play hurling. But what I will say about Wexford, um, Delo, is while we're talking about the game, Roy O'Connor was a big loss to them. Like he's a big player for them. He's a scoring forward. So for him to go off at the time was, he was actually getting a good point as well. He was, he was a loss to them. Huge loss. And yeah. they were, the, they were a the foreign team coming in as well. Like they had, they, they were after that big win in in Nolan Park. They had found themselves nicely in the quarter final. Um, very difficult team the way they set up, as you said, to play against. And you know, I am. Um, Ken made a point there about Hugh Lawler. See, the, the other thing too is from from Kilkenny's point of view is let's say if Peter Duggan might be starting at full forward, but he'll drag out the field. He'll be trying to drag Hugh out of there, leaving space for maybe Ian and Tony inside. Claire worked that very well. There's a nice kind of Tony's in, Tony's out, Dougie's in. Doug, like it, it, it works well for them. But just to talk about Wexford for a second, the, the, the couple of man markings they had, which you just touched I on. Tie, already, come here. Thank, very well thankfully. We, thankfully, you're going to start talking about Wexford there because we've been talking about an All Ireland semi final against Kilkenny. Like, I see Tom Dempsey now has an article in the Examiner today about the so little respect that the uh, Sunday of the RTE gave to Wexford Strategia. Come on, we need to hear about Wexford, like, because I, I don't want you to get the second like yellow card from Tom Dempsey, like. <laughs> no, my seven, my, my seven Thomas all squared away since last week. That's that's all cool. Like th th their setup was very good. Their man markings were very good, and they got goals at big times in the game. I suppose if you were to be a small bit critical of of, of Wexford, is you only scored fourteen points, and I suppose at this level, 
on a, on a quarterfinal day, that number needs to be higher in, in, in order to win and get over the line. They created a couple of chances, and I thought maybe a bit of movement from one or two of their forwards would have given them maybe one or two more scores a little bit easier in the second half. So if, if, if that's the piece they have to pick up on for Dara, definitely pleasing first season. They will season, be happy yeah. they put themselves... Yeah, they, they'll be happy they put themselves in the position they, they did. But at the same time, six points up halfway through the second half opportunity was knocking and again like the good teams find or maybe the better teams it might be unfair find a way and just didn't find their way home and maybe Dara's right they ran out of bodies in the finish but you have to credit Claire Dillo we will have to talk about the Aaron Shanahan effect welcome to the game welcome to the championship 2022 he made a significant difference he was buzzing from the word go Um, I know maybe the O'Keefe might look like he made a mistake he didn't get to that ball but that clicked Shannon into gear he got 1-2 and Shane Meehan like again another positive and in fairness Mac Rogers even though he didn't score he contributed also so the panel looks like it's, it's, it's in a nice place as well but definitely a major plus for Lohan this week and you touched him then coming on and getting a couple of goals against he uh, yesterday Shanahan is a big plus a couple three we went down, yeah. just to put it to let the listeners know, yeah. we went down to play the last round of the Clare Cup, as we call it, which is the County League, Division 2, we're in obviously 1B or whatever they call it. And Wolf Tones are down the bottom, not bottom, but they were kind of second bottom, third bottom, and they needed to win. And we've nothing to play for, really. We can't go up. We, we've beaten by the market the previous week, so we couldn't go up. And we're down a lot of bodies. And um, down anyway, and there was talk that the Clare panellists would be allowed to play. You know, and um, so we had... Keen Broderick, who's the third goalie, and Keen Galvin, um, who would be our main up and coming young star, and he's not quite getting into the twenty six, and he's disappointed over that. And here's the here's the rub, like I suppose that Keen has a broken bone, as far as we know. And last play of the game, didn't like the slap. Now I have to say he was going in on goal. Wolftons are well ahead now; they were 12, 13 points up, and Keen was trying to get a goal for us to put a bit of respect on the score, and I got a slap. Not sure who hit him to be honest. He got a slap. I, that's all I know. And probably a broken bone in his hand now today. So he's his season is bloody well over now, probably, which is gut wrenching because he missed all of last year with an knee injury, just coming back to himself, really starting to look the part. And got it for Keane today, um, because he's a great lad and we we love him. The bones of him. And he he he'd been released Anthony to play the match. Yeah. No, I I would totally understand that bit, Mark, because he wasn't getting into twenty six yesterday. He was only on the yeah. bus and. Poking around beforehand, yeah. poking back the balls, maybe in the warm up or whatever. But so he needed a game. So and that happens in hurling. Look, I'm not. We were delighted to have him. Do you know? Yeah, just to get exactly. a game into yeah. him because we haven't a, seen much a, of him. That's a look at the draw. Yeah. Yeah. No, what I couldn't believe was I saw uh, the bold, who's an absolute gentleman, as Aaron Chenner, warming up beforehand, and I, I said to him, "Hi." I get on the phone. I says to him, <laughs> to Brian, like, and but I think Chenner was only on the field for 15 minutes, so he was told play the game tomorrow, maybe don't play at all, and he came off at about 10 minutes ago because they were comfortable, but got three goals, and I think two points from play, three goals, like, a, it's a gamble, Rory Hayes played centre-back, played really well, so any talk of an injury the previous day, uh, out the no. window, Daryl Lohan played right half-back, who was in the 26 as well, Massive, is he Brian's, is he Brian's nephew? He is, he is, he is, um, and massive news lads around the county then as the night goes on of course these matches are fairly low key a couple of hundred people in our game and that, that was all and uh, I wouldn't say too many from Clarecastle travelled knowing that how shook we were for bodies and, and everything else but um, news that Freina Kilnamona Aidan McCarthy played a great game in Division 1 
So that's big news. Patrick Crotty played for Scarif. Um Who else? But Robin Mounsey played a great game for Rouen. So Lohan, like to tell, allow Shanahan, who'd say one, two off the bench, uh, 12 yeah. days out from the Ireland semi final. There's an element of gamble, lads. And if Shanahan broke his bone and his hand, like poor old King Galvin, we b- would be saying mistake to allow him to play. Yeah, you know he, yeah. he he's vital, but lads, he's confidence. I met him after the match. We shook hands. I said, "Chenny, bring that note to Crow Park." And he said, "Thanks, Dalo." And look, I know you were down a few bodies, and I hope Keane was okay. He's, he's a gent, and but then the gamble pays off, if you like, because the young fella. Now, Lohan was he chest out Saturday night? <laughs> Yesterday at around uh, two o'clock, his chest was out. Another good bit again, you know, having kept his side in, in the division as well. Yeah, but what it, what it also shows is the maturity on Brian Lohan's part here that he's mature enough to let the players go away and play. The lads that haven't played a whole pile of hurling, lads, your club won't We only take a loan of you to play in the county. And Dela, you've mentioned it a couple of times how frustrating it is to be a club manager and player at the moment, not getting players released. So Brian Lohan has obviously you know, made a very mature decision, I think, I remember going back <clears throat> when Donald O'Grady was involved with Cork, he would let no player play any match. And it was really frustrating for for um, for the clubs involved. The fellas outside the 26 weren't even allowed to, to play matches. So I think fair credit due to, to Brian Lohan on, on making that decision. And yes, we all know you could get injured, but they could go and train the next Tuesday night with Claire and get injured as well. And it's the same, it's the same outcome. It's just... Where they got injured, and the in fairness of the Cox Senior Selectors, they left Mark Keane play a club with a club championship already this year with Evan Do, and they also they, they left other players released other players to play as well. So, I think the the managers who are confident in their own panel make those right decisions for the club, like you know. Yeah, the Ed the Ed McCarthy one could be, and Shani, I suppose, was on a bit of a high anyway from Saturday, and then as I said. The chest was out another good bit, I'd say, yesterday. The Aidan McCarthy one, for me, was great news to hear last yeah, night. Because... I, heard, I heard he's flying now. You you know I have a source on Aina Kilimana, and he would he say has. he is back to his best. And a bit disappointed, i say, that he may not have been involved with the 26 over the weekend. So, like, yeah, But that was the worrying bit, though, Mark, you see. I had heard that as well, and then he wasn't in the 26. So I, I said, was there a setback again? Or But to hear that he played for the club and played so well, he really will come into the mix now. Because this fella... This fella, for me, it'd be oh, an automatic one to fifteen player. He's a serious now, player. Whether he would be yeah. now after missing all he has missed, uh, but certainly in terms of a seventy-five minute game, 76, 77, Aidan McCarthy would be one Huge that plus. gives another dimension to the sub Another major plus as well as obviously um, a huge and like that's what you like to see in, in all the panels is the pressure coming from the back end of the panel onto the panel to try to get onto the first 15 because now all of a sudden you're creating that dynamic and training which is driving things on and again this week after coming off a win they'll be really buzzed up and you'd be mad to go back training now Tuesday and Thursday after that and meet the lads and drive on again but one other thing I was going to say Dale, it was Claire scored 19 points from play and that came from nine different scorers, which is on a day. Now, this is kind of a strange one because we were laughing. I met the great Shawnee McGrath and his brother and his dad coming out um, Mark, after the game, right? And we were kind of saying that um, TK, like you just said there, you'd be kind of saying, he didn't have a great game. We still scored four points in play, which is a huge return for many forwards. So that'll just tell you the level. But on a day when Claire maybe 
he we probably have him branded as a one man team at times, and which is unfair on the rest of the lads anyway. But on a day when it didn't click for him early doors, the rest of the boys came up trumps, kept him in the game, and then down the stretch, Tony just does what he does best. Like, but a major plus to get 19 points in play it was it was the biggest of the four teams. Now Galway had 10 scores in play, all right? Like, but Clare had nine scores in play. Yeah, we mentioned a good few individuals. A shout out from E for for um, the game, Paul Flanagan putting himself in the mix for an all-star. I think quite a season he's having, Connor back, Mr. Dependable. And again, like Connor Cleary, got the yellow card again. We've mentioned on the show. But, <laughs> and you mentioned how trim Connor McDonald looked, but he got no score, Mark. So Connor Cleary again, Mr. Unassuming, head down. Mr. Unassuming. Yeah. He's always the full-back you'd like, Dela. Says nothing. Gets on with his business. Uh, Thanks, Les. I'll let the show on the gear bag. I, I see in the bus afterwards. You wouldn't even know he's in the dressing room. He's gone. Gets yeah. his job done. I like that yeah. kind of a fella. Yeah, so it's clear Robin, about Robin Mounsey. Yeah. Robin Mounsey. What's the story there? How come he's he not seen much action, is he? And he was brilliant yeah, out the doors. He was, he was. But that was a big shock to us all, Mark, that he would, his, his development, he'd be great minor in 20 now. Ruan Corfin join up for underage and they've won everything up along now, minor. 21 and Clare, and he's been centre back, you know, midfield and those teams. And then when we saw him corner forward in the first round against Tip, we were kind of saying, yeah. "What? What are you doing, Brian?" Like, and then he did a great job. Like it, it, it threw Carl Barrett. It said he didn't even know who he's marking. It said, "So yeah. yeah, like look, as Rogers, you see, and me, him come back to fitness, Mark. It's harder, yeah. you know." And I, I, yeah. I, I'd argue a little bit with Ken about that nothing has happened for Peter Duggan. I still think Peter Duggan is a no Oh, he's a queer hawk. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Uh, the, he, the physicality he's bringing, the, the challenges yeah. he's making, he'd upset a nation, that fella. No, and he, uh, like, when he, with the dynamic, when he doesn't you know, catch it himself, have, you know, his yeah. man is not catching it. There's no one catching the right. ball off him. So that's a yeah, break in the have, Yeah, when you, when you have Shane O'Donnell and David Reedy and Ian Galvin and Tony Kelly in your forward line, the dynamic needs then a Peter Duggan. It, that's that's, that's the, 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 you know, that, that absolute needs it. Yeah, and you possibly have a, t- a tailor-made like guy now in Shanahan coming to farm, hopefully. you know, Because Shani's streaky. He won't mind me saying that. He's streaky. When he hits farm, he can be devastating. When he's out of farm, it doesn't go his way. In 18, he was in real farm. And how unlucky was he not to win the match against Galway in 18 he hit the ball and James Gell stopped it with his body and then he scooped it and it hit the post I'm thinking he's, he's, he can be and for me that could be an X factor for Clare but look obviously if Clare hurl like that uh, the next day Saturday week lads uh, we'll be 10 points down I mentioned going down the tunnel level yeah. with the likes of Reed and these guys yeah. and the uh, Keones and uh, Billy, Reed, Billy Rines and, and uh, Cody's Mullins, we'd be 10 points down at halftime. So Clare can't perform like that again, but that is very much out there and well-known, I think, within the camp and without the camp. Hit. The Rory Hayes thing is is unique as well, right? To be whipped after eight minutes. I, I My immediate reaction was there must have been something wrong with him, but then like he got like the, the, the Brian Cody treatment in because Lohan didn't even look at him coming off, right? Which is also interesting. But... I suppose by Rory's standards, maybe the last two games, let's say maybe against possibly Desi and against Shemi Flanagan, they probably hadn't gone as well with deep dive. Too much score, did Too much score. Too much score. And Lohan was was always a guy playing that, mark your man. Mark your man. And then I think when Rory took that chance, got overturned by Lee Chin. He came across the square. Crossed just outside the post. I think Brian just said, no, enough of that. And Keane Nolan is kind of the opposite kind of a cornerback. He wouldn't... 
wouldn't beat the ball playing. I know. He's a player that he, he is. Effective, effective. He's a doggy kind of dog. He's, he, he, will, um, he will do his job to the letter of the law as a cornerback, you know. He wouldn't be in the Barry Nash mold, no. But eight minutes is cruel. I don't, think, I don't. I don't. I don't think I do that. I know. I don't think I did. I don't think I ever did either. But it's Brian Loham we're dealing with here, TJ. Um, he did extraordinary things all his life. But uh, yeah, look at. I don't. I'm not a fan of these four team double headers, lads. And I know it was all right for you, TJ. I saw yourself and Louise getting out of the Killed. chopper with. Bill Murray, ignoring. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I was parked in Doctor Morris Park, but you, yeah. you know, you, your traveling style. It was, style. It was an extremely enjoyable day. It was extremely enjoyable day. I was Bill. Do you know, to, we don't know an awful lot more about the films, so I would hardly know him at all. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I'd have to say, I, I, I was <laughs> in the TJ mode. I, I was in the TJ mode as well, Dela, because I stayed for two games. And I was in amongst the Cox supporters, but there was one clear supporter in there. And in the first game, every about 15 minutes, he was running, come on, the banner. And we got talking to himself, Paul the Baller from Clare and Roisin from the Rockies in Cork. They were really enjoying the day. They had a couple of tipples with a great chat, a couple of selfies and stuff like that. And... He replicated the clear team, right? The shoulders were shrugged down for the first 55 or 60 minutes in the clear game. But by Jesus, when he started to come, uh, he was off the seat. He really loved it, I must say. He went into a different zone altogether. He was rolling into the finish line. He was rolling. Uh, He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, The dynamics we we give out about, you know, the controversy the week four. And I, I thought, look at the reaction. The social media reaction is just OTT. Uh, Shane Dowling mentioned that he's column, you know, and I know Brendan felt it a fair bit. Brendan had to read out the piece, obviously, on the Clare in discipline, whatever was in the Sunday game. I, that's it. We, it's just upset me, to be honest, the level that any all our counties are willing to go with these fruitcakes and these nameless cowards on, on, on Twitter and, and Facebook and that um, calling out Dale, people and saying I, stuff. I, I make I this point. I make this point about social media all the time. I say to Louise, if, if a particular person was down the pub, right, and they had an opinion on something, would you talk to them? So the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. So my point is, why in the name of the Lord then would you listen to them on social media or read them on social media? Don't yeah. read us. I know, I teach, but us. I suppose if, you have, if, you're, if you're on Twitter and you're out there and next thing you're getting... Well, if you're on Twitter, you're going to get negative as well as the positive. Oh, so Jesus, don't, don't talk to me about that. I, I... It comes to territory. <laughs> and I'm good. I'm good to now shut it out now. I have to say, <laughs> the odd time to get you. When you when you feel it's an injustice, you see, that's when it gets you. Are you like <laughs> me? You were very upset a couple of weeks ago now. The Tipperary crowd were getting under your skin, kid. Yeah, that I was pro-Limerick. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if any of them saw me at the Munster final, they, they no, it look at... Yeah, because it does go to... You know, when the, when the kids are reading it, they're all on Twitter as well. When they're yeah, reading it, true. Like that. Now, I, I felt a bit for, for Brendan and Shane, I have to say. I, they're, they're only doing their job, you know. Um, yeah. People say, well-paid job, God love them. They're not soccer players, you know. They get a few bob. Um, so I just, I, I, it was great to hear um, Mary McCarthy that lives down the road, but she's engaged to a Wexford lad. Sorry, no, Nile. I'm fairly sure. But I came back and... Good, nice crowd here, but Faye and Grace were keeping the game. Alicia doing all day now, in fairness, or Zephanina. Um, she hasn't got to match yet this year, but hopefully we might get her to the final if we could get there. But we'll be going there anyway, you see, with the wave and thing. But um, um, 
Niall, Niall with a Wexford jersey was here with us and we great crack with him with a few pints and uh, it's a great, like, GA people are fantastic, aren't they? Meet a Wexford man there here in the pub and uh, just um, yeah. real, real oh, sound just... and great stories about, about we went back to this, the famous Sack Walsh used to be full back from the Fight Harriers in Wexford Town and stories about Larry O and Tom Dempsey as well and, and you know, he'd listened to the show with Tom Dempsey and loved it um, slagging you, yeah. TJ, about 96 and stuff, and just great. He, and, and your story there, Mark, about the Clareman and the Cork girl. Roisin and Paul, yeah. Great. Absolutely, you know, brilliant. Fantastic part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I was thinking afterwards, Tom Dempsey, I, I think I played in the Shinty there in Galway one year, and the Wexford boys were there, probably must have been after 96 or whatever, but we were inside in this pub, and... um. It could, it could have been Tom Dempsey, though. He's definitely one of the extra players who got a drink or whatever, and he said he tasted it. And you know what? He's, he, he didn't think it tasted brilliant. So he asked Larry O. He just took, took us up out of it. So he asked Larry O to taste it and see what he thought of it. So Larry O got the pint and drank it all and told him he thought it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, that tastes fine to me. <laughs> yeah, that tastes fine to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, that's great stuff. Fogra Fogras, um, I, I just want to start it off by saying... Um, I, I mentioned last week that we had the, the, the Bradford team here in the pub. It was the Budike team. Sean Dyle shoot me. He's a <laughs> but what threw me, I think, was uh, Dyler had rang to say um, we might come off Jadello. We're playing an 11 aside tournament. There. Bradford having an 11 aside tournament that we're playing in that, but we won't be in it long. He says, I'm going to come back to you on a bus. Or Sound Dyler, I believe, brother Sean. And uh, Sound Dyler, I said, and that's what threw me, I think, Bradford would put it. You don't confuse Broadford and Bodike to be neighbours. Yeah. So, yeah, Good it was Bodike. And lads, if he could return the card machine that's missing since the bus trip, that would be a help also. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was Bodike. We knew there was a little bit of a hidden danger there, you know. <laughs> you know characters, big characters. And, uh, no, very grateful for the lads for coming over, just to mention that. Um, yeah. uh, Patsy Nicholas as well, TJ, one of your favourite publicans in the, in the city. Uh, yeah, for man. looking after the clock Castle lads last Saturday week, forgot to mention him last week as well. Um, shout out there just for Twitter last night, lads. I just watching the golf near the end, and, and Patrick Lynn, who is a Waterford man, uh, must be doing well for himself uh, over in the hotel in Vegas, baby. And he said, What a spot to be listening to the podcast. And Patrick, <laughs> I asked you to talk to management about a live gig. <laughs> For myself in and Vegas, and you can be the guest. Get us off there. Get us over there. <laughs> the Stratosphere Tower, or Planet Hollywood, or one of those places. TJ, do you fancy Caesar Palace? Over there? I, I I was in the strip uh, in Las Vegas there uh, a couple of years ago. I have to say, I love it. I I wouldn't mind going back at all. We, we I think we would be ideally suited to that. Yeah, place. we are. Like, we are that way inclined. I think we're that way inclined. I think it would just it, it, if it was a city in the states made for us. I think it just might have been Vegas. Vegas, baby. Well, <laughs> we'll have to start with the JP McManus inside the ropes now, TJ, in a couple of weeks' time. That'll be an interesting one, won't it? Yeah, we're going to do the pile after the semi-finals. We, we, we'll be in a day or the day, the day after. Well, that, 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 that's the story for another day. Dale, a couple of things from me and the Fogger Fogers, right? First of all, I, I know this is a story for another day, but I did see last night that you are actually favourites to be Kilkenny, just so you're aware, in case you didn't get to see it. First time seven. <laughs> yeah. Pressure is a, is a privilege sometimes. A couple of things. First of all, um, a message from Fedemore GEA. They're hosting a senior hurling tournament in Fedemore on the 26th here in Limerick. Promises to be a great day out. They have Glen Rovers from Cork, Parkswell from Limerick, Cool Derry from Offaly and Capitagle from Galway coming up and everyone's invited along. So that awesome. comes for... All sponsored by Liam Burke. 
all sponsored by Liam Burke, comes from Padre Keller, who's a member of the Come On Racing Club and also a big listener of the pod, and he just said to give him a shout-out today. A uh, couple of other ones from me. I got the, the Galway match wasn't over, they lot, right? And two of my old soldiers in St. Thomas's, right? Not involved in the, in the inter-county squad, right? I got two messages. One which read, we're coming for ye, with a big angry face. And the second <laughs> one, right, from a different player, said two words. Tick-tock. There <laughs> <laughs> was gravel in that one. There was gravel in that one. And from the same fella, there was gravel in him. <laughs> so... Yeah, looking forward to that. Also, the failure yeah. competitions are coming up too. Shout out to a hand who are going to represent Limerick. And I know down in Cork, um, the Douglas team won the double, which is some achievement down there in Cork, to win both failure competitions in football and hurling, Marco. Yeah, well, there you go now. Shout out there for the Killer GA Classic coming up, Daylight, July the 13th, 14th and 15th. Ray Ratchford is the man behind it for the last nearly 30 years at this stage, so if you can get a team of three together down at West Wall for the home of Seamus Power, the man who... Well, we could, be, last we could be in Clare on the 15th, couldn't we? What date, Mark? July the 13th, 14th and 15th. It's coming All up to Ireland, like you time it well, don't yeah. you? You big yeah, notions to be in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's following on, Mark, I just want to, that's following on there from, I just, this is totally personal and totally um, um Abusing or which is allowed, years. which is allowed. Five bends, five bends and a pig is on the tent, lads. Here in Marty Browns, we have uh, Switch, the Hazards, we have You Can Dance, we have Ali Woodford, and a uh, great trad band early on. Five bands, and we love the pig on the spit here. So, just a tenor to get in, uh, hoping for a rocking day, good sunshine, maybe, and um, lots of crack. Uh, week before the All Ireland, so um, it's Sunday the 10th. We, so, Sunday the 10th, if we, yeah. If we if we can go to Willie Mullins or so on the night, I met Patrick in Leopardstown last week. He was home from America. So I just said, Patrick, are we okay for the uh, night? He said, we are. I said, look, we could have a lot of people coming. What's the best thing to do with parking? The best to go down to the Lord Bagnell, he said beforehand, <clears throat> and park the cars there and carpool up. He said, we'll be ready to rock at half 10. We'll have Katie Tay ready to roll. And he says, you can go back and have a cup of tea or a sandwich and a chat in the Lord Bagnell afterwards. So, but we'll be sending out an email or a WhatsApp. And there was a, there was a man who was on there last night, the Larry, about a WhatsApp group. We'll try and get that. We have, myself and Patrick has spent a couple of hours getting numbers in, but it's, it's, it takes a lot of time to get it done. So, um, but yeah, that is going ahead on the 9th of July. Great stuff. Yeah, you're too old for five bands in a peak anyway. So, I want you well, to send say, your Maybe, maybe we could carpool from... Could we organise a carpool from the Lord Bagnell to Morty's? <laughs> the Monday is a better day, actually. There was only one band on the Monday night, but uh, it's, it's, right. anyway, yeah, okay. that'd be more suited to the Monday night now. Let's say, okay, yeah, okay, but, um, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. No, um, I think are we are we are we on for um, a live pad from Morty's as well, Delo? Hopefully, um, before the All Ireland, and with a bit of luck from my side and your side. Maybe we could be teeing up a Limerick Clare final. That's I'll be I'll be the neutral. I'll be the neutral be again. Neutral. Yeah, I think unfortunately, CJ, but we will we we're gonna maybe try for an end of season one anyway. Um pod. Um I think the 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 thinking might be now to switch it to Dublin on the Saturday. Which will suit the two of you as well. You get nicely put up and all that looked after. So I don't know four where four seasons, yeah. We're looking in that is four seasons. <laughs> I'd say we'll get the four seasons <laughs> on right letters. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, lads, look, great show again. Um, there's nothing else there except any any fantasy score, no? No, well, no, TJ, no, no, not, no. You know no, what? That's... Today, I suppose, and that's the way we'll end the show, TJ. We, we're not going to go with the fantasy today because obviously um, the tragic news broke. Um, oh yes, on on Saturday night into Sunday morning, that uh, the great Damien Casey, at 28 years of age, aged, um, passed away over in Spain on. Um, a wedding, a wedding party over and, and a pool accident and um man that scored 14 points in the Nicky Rackard final um only a few weeks ago. Uh, what a hurler. I mean, to see his performance that day and see some of the scores. We actually played tribute to him here the following day on the Monday after that. And uh, Onrua obviously is the home of the fantasy hurling and the fantasy football. And I'd say Damien is... They're proud of son, and uh, they are very, they are very upset up there. And we saw, I saw the scenes from the vigil last night. They, they did Damien proud, and our thoughts and prayers are with the KSE family, and with Owen Rua and Tyrone J, which has seen a lot of tragedy over the years. And and this is another body blow to them. People will come together, and I think that the brilliance of Owen Rua, Hurlan and Komogi and Dungannon. Might pull people through, but you know, to the people very close to Damien, that'll take a long, long time. So, we won't put up tables or anything else uh, this week. Um, we'll remember Damien and we'll say over and out to our listeners and uh, our yesterday, Gorevanum. I'll say hello. Yeah, yeah.